Soundbites Radio is your source for candid discussion aimed to create a world that's inclusive, spiritually connected, living in love, peace, joy, harmony, and abundance now. Content ranges from social justice to racial equity, religion, arts, culture, and more. Under the light of the moonrise, I find solace in the glow. Trying my best not to be consumed with what the night brings. All the heartbreak, scars, the looming bouts of depression, brought on by mass oppression and rising aggression. As various backgrounds are thrown for loops, when falling victim to voter and vocal suppression, feelings could no longer remain tame, dipping and diving. In and out of consciousness, amidst a crazy world, fast asleep, 3 a.m. Yeah, life moves like rush hour, and you're left praying it doesn't escape you. I'm just wasting time, trying not to lose my mind. Don't be fine to survive We gon' be alright We gon' be alright Disoriented, lost in the fray My dreams ain't what I thought, feel my mind misleads A stranger in the land where my hand was heavy Now my heart weighs even more, this a time of need Signs ain't enough Feels like rhymes ain't enough Trying not to succumb to the pressure As the garden grows weeds No one feels safe Aim is to create within faith Drill down the will of the masses Making America great It's no walls here Just big voices and balls here Growing African-minded We will not be divided From Mexican to Yemenis Many standing behind us Muslim, Buddhists, or Baptists The divine way will guide us To my Latinos and Latinas You're my brothers, my sisters, my people Solo quiero difundir amor contigo Black, brown, and Asian You and I are the nation all hands in the middle, let's demolish the hatred. I'm just wasting time, trying not to lose my mind. So we fight to survive. Stand to love much more than we are right now. Love ourselves is self-love that properly ignites the love of others. Once we get clear, we can see ourselves in others. The God in me sees and respects the God in you. We really are all the same, though we may look different. We share experiences, thoughts, emotions across the diaspora, across humanity. The human in me sees the human in you. See, freedom starts in the mind, the heart, tandem, working for something tangible. And it is there if we choose to see it. We're so long programmed to be in need or think we are in need when in actuality we are all we need. What the world's been waiting for. Let's believe, my friends, you are divinely made. I share. I'm just wasting time. Trying not to lose my mind. Though we fight to survive. 
Soundbites International Radio, we, we in here. here. We the Black here. Consciousness of the Claim, One what World, world is, is the Aim, dedicated to bringing you um, the education and the Real healing time. necessary for our people every, all day, every day, um, getting to a better Real space. Talk. Real time, real talk. Real talk. Okay. We the people. In service of the people. Hold up. We them peoples. We them peoples. Okay. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. So we in here. It's a Sirkar Neferai, as always, with to my right. That to my You already know what it is. So, so yeah, we getting it rolling, inviting people in, and um, bringing some you know, of the family on board. Getting the energy going Let's and see. flowing. You know how that go. You know how um, that go. <laughs> where's this song? I don't know why it's not um, thingamajig. Well, I'm one? trying to figure. I'm trying to. Um, I'm, I'm shouting you folks out. You know we on sound bites international live on Facebook. I'm trying to make the connection. Um, show. And share to my personal page, family. Bringing smooth. energy back in. Some yeah. smooth. So yeah, we talking. Um. Yeah. Ah. So we decided to see. As you can see, we decided to move to a different time frame. Yes. Um. Yes. Some Monday nights. Feel like this might work. You know, a little better. We'll see how this goes with y'all. Um. Yeah. Nine thirty. Oh, go ahead. Kicking off the kicking off the the week for you. I mean, if that matters, you know what I mean. Um. You know, but you know, Monday is generally the the start of a week for for most people. So happy Monday to you. Um, I think it might be better just to kick off the week rather than, you know, end and, you know, go yeah, to sleep in. into the week. Um, and get the energy flowing, right? Get the energy, the, the, the pumping, the drilling, pumping. Pump, get you thinking, get you spinning. With some new information. <laughs> so, shout out to everybody that's going to join us. We know you're going to be there. Um, if you're tuning in, uh, please share the video on Facebook, Soundbites International. Please follow the page. Please like the page if you don't already. Um, yes. Tell your friends and your friends to do so. And we're gonna get into some discussions, y'all. That's you know that's pertinent to us, pertinent to you. Um, yeah. So, oh, what we got? How you going? What's going on? What's happening? Um. Well, yeah. I was just trying to get a couple of folks in here, but um, we'll keep come it going. up in here, y'all. We'll keep y'all. it going. We'll get some people in here. Yeah, for um, sure. And build up the conversation. Definitely. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go through this a little bit, too. Okay, let's go through it. Okay. We're going through the topics, y'all. We're going to go through the topics. So, yeah, so today's topic, we're discussing, you know, to deal, you know get, looking at, um, discussing our values, you know, saving the world. What does that look like? And where do we stand as a people, black people, in that conversation? Who, do, who What does saviors look like? What do, do we, you know, are we, and are we in the conversation? Do we care to be in the conversation? Are we interested? What does that even look like for us, you know? Um, and how are we, how are we active participants, um, or non-participants, um, in our self-efficacy, our liberation, or mm-hmm. what is the conversation of quote-unquote saving the world? How active are we in that? Um, so it's something to address, something to take a look at. Again, definitely join the conversation and let, let us know your thoughts. So, um, but you said you wanted to start with some something, looking at looking well, at work culture. Work culture, which yeah. Is like, I was in the, you know, uh, this week. Thing. So you know, it's real life, real time, really about that whole black consciousness sure. conversation in terms of how are we living our lives. And how is this uh, conversation applicable in our daily walk? Right. And the fact that it actually is a need to have, 
that conversation be a conversation. It's actually necessary for us to understand how do we actualize ourselves in this world that is dominated by white-centered consciousness. Right. We want to be really clear about the fact that the life that we live, the things that we do, the way that we think, the processing, and the way that we carry on and celebrate and have family and different things that we do are all based in white-centered consciousness. Mm. And if it never occurred to include the way we are educated, yeah. the culture around That's work, big. the culture around sustaining, because you know you need income, labor to move and to be able to self-sustain in a society that we live in that's not a value-centered society. Right. We don't live in a value-centered society where the conversation is an exchange. Um, I give you, you give me. It doesn't, and then now the value is based in commerce. So that's what they've decided. Business. What can I make from it? How can I benefit from it? What can I put in my bank as a result of it? So that's the entire conversation as it comes to, as it pertains to our living experience. So we need to identify whether or not this life experience supports the ascending of the African soul within you, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the ascending of the African soul and the opening of the African spirit, which very, very, very strongly puts a push pin right there for you to, for you to consciously think about that mm-hmm. for a quick second. Go ahead. Like, think about that. Yeah, let's go ahead and think about that. Yeah, go, ahead, go ahead and think about that. You're going to think about some things. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that they, you know, and, and without it being, you know, it's not funny, but it's something that we, it never concerned us. It never, we never thought about it. Mm-hmm. We never considered that we're creating goals and aspirations and different things within our life experience mm-hmm. that aren't really going to support us in the long run in terms of our self-efficacy and self-actualization. Especially operating within a system not really built for us to successfully operate in the way that we would want to as a people, right? The system is is set up, like you said, set up within this framework. Right. Um, and today has been defined by white supremacy. Right. Um, defined by an oppressive system, oppressive right. towards um, non-white people, essentially, right? Right. Um, and, and especially for black people, it's, it's been it's it's been that big of a challenge for for black people for a very long time within the um the u.s american um social like socioeconomic structure political structure and so that that includes our workplace that includes our education how how are youth being educated i just just shared an article earlier on on my page about um what is this saying some ridiculousness that uh yeah too many black students aren't learning their history in schools, I'm like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. It's just kind of just been a thing. Uh, what our learning is, you know, of the history ends up being a paragraph blip, uh, or maybe a chapter if you're lucky, that starts with racism. I mean, excuse me, starts with racism. Starts with slavery, and um, and it's and it's sad that a lot of the consciousness of black folks within that, within America and within the U.S., um, don't realize that. That's where their education is coming from. That's where they're 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 getting the idea of their legacy is coming from. It's starting at slavery. Yes. That's not the case. And that's right? unfortunate. But, and that's where so that's where they're starting their education. And now we're dealing with it in, in an era where it's even being further modified to erase the 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 yeah the torment and the torture, um, the genocide, everything that took place for black people, the yeah. rape, the you know the the emasculation, everything that took place. Um, for black people, Africans moved into this space called uh, called the United States of America, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's being erased. You know, you're looking at you got textbooks in Texas talking about um, 
migrant two workers. Lines. Two lines, yes. Like the applicate, like they're like there was an application process, yes. for for Starbucks. They're saying, "Hey, come join us." No, like the people, these people did not come here applying for a job and hoping for success. They were they were brought here, but they were sold shackled. here, brought here, shackled for forcibly. the means of forcibly for the means of labor and business, um, because folks was lazy, need somebody else to do it, and built a built a country that we cannot. Um, to this day, properly benefit from. You know, use for, forcibly for, as, as bargaining chips, as coin, as currency, um, as fodder, as alligator bait, whatever you want to call alligator it. Alligator bait. Entertainment. Medical um, apartheid. Yes. Um, experimentations and syphilis and all this stuff is all this stuff going on. All of that. You want to check in with Dr. Joy DeGruy. She talks about the medical apartheid. Um, blessings, blessings, uh, brother, brother Wayne. Good when we see you. Uh, big peace and blessings. Congratulations you on your new project. Peace and blessings. We shared blessings, you earlier. Yes, Check yes. out our brother Wayne Gooden, Elder X. Boom. He's got his project out there. Griot, storyteller in our community, telling us the truth, truth, true, true, true. from our perspective. Right, Check right. out that brother, brother That's Wayne it. Gooden, Elder X. Yeah. Peace and blessings. So yeah, we definitely wanna wanna be conscious. Baby. We want to be conscious of Dr. Joy DeGruy's work, and she's been at this for more than 25 years between mm-hmm. her and Dr. Um, Umar Johnson, some amazing scholars of our current time, our contemporary time, that has given us the unadulterated truth about the truth. I mean, and um, I- I'm not here for people having like an emotional conversation or response to this research. What mm-hmm. you can do is you can accept this research, implement mm-hmm. and do a strategy, and create a new consciousness around it. Like... I'm not here for ignoring things because ignoring no. it does not make it go away. Right, it's still and there. Like, it's still there. And unfortunately, it's a disservice to our next generations because sure. our generation didn't give us nothing. My generation, it, the, the generation prior to me is the crack era generation. The generation prior to the crack era generation was the Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Black Panther conversation. Mm-hmm. And when those voices were stripped away from us because it was someone's intentional goal to strip away support for a people that were vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? And the Black Panthers and Malcolm X, Martin Luther King at his time, and the different varying, because the both of those leaders were living OJT in real time. There was no, 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 no uh, textbook to support them. Strictly divine intervention, their own research, right. determination, and love for a people. A lot of trial and error. Trial and error, and their their, their rhetoric. As you, if you look at them. The, the, the foundation of love for the people was fine, but then they also grew in different perspectives as they gathered new information. Mm. Um, and I can say, I came on the tail end of their research. So I was able to grasp ever since 17 years old that guess what? Civil rights wasn't good for black people. Mm. So if civil rights wasn't good for black people, how did in 2019 did black people allow themselves to be overrun by every other possible priority besides getting black issues addressed. Mm -hmm. If we knew that civil rights was not a good idea back then and integration didn't really help the black family at this time, and I knew this at 17, that was over 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. If I knew this then, how did we allow ourselves to be sat down? Because that's what we're supposed to do with the research. So we we have to pay it forward to our next generation and pretending that these things don't exist yeah, that's just irresponsible, man. Yeah, we have to. Be, also, you can be in your feelings. I'm not here for it. Right, you have to be mindful about what we've gone through and what 
what we've come to learn um, and accept as the reality, but but also accept as the reality as a means to move forward, which is to reshape, um, like you said, for the future, reshape for the youth, have the different conversation um, for the youth around their self-identity, their self-acceptance, their self-love, their self-empowerment, their self-efficacy, self-governance, what that gets to look like for them for the future, understanding who they, what their history was, um, it has been, and that they are creating history mm-hmm. on a daily basis, and having them, you know, trace, trace back, and giving them the want to trace back even further and learn more, possibly, than we even know now, because there's always new new developments in history, because there's always a lot of layers to peel back from a the A lot onion. of layers, you man, and these I mean? folks like, go through yeah. great lengths trying to hide this truth. It's so, in- sure. it's so incredible to me how we just consistently allow these things to, like, trick us. Like, it's incredible mm-hmm. to me because, like, I don't, if you're looking for someone to say, yeah, me, I did it, who did it? Me, I did it. If that's what you're looking for, you're mistaken. Because psychologically, it doesn't behoove a people to step forward and say, I take responsibility for genocide on all the Tasmanian people. We decided that it was in our best interest to kill an entire tribe of people, mm. an entire fragment of the human landscape. And we've done it to the indigenous of this land. We did it to the Africans that were already here when we got here. Millions of lives, we decided for our benefit. There's a psychosis attached to that consciousness, and Dr. Joy DeGruy speaks about it very highly. It says that you've robbed yourself of your humanity, and you've robbed the people of their humanity. By not connecting with the atrocity of your commitment that you've done, you rob yourself of your humanity. That means you live in a world that is basically based on entire illusion, which is a psychosis for, there is a psychosis for that as well. There mm-hmm. is a classification for being disassociated with your function in this life experience. Mm-hmm. And you specifically live within, like, I don't know who remembers The Sims, um, but I know that there's something that they got out right now. Um, what do they call it? I don't even know what they call it. There is a, um, a well, anyway, it's a new, it's still a, if you remember The Sims, it's like The Sims. It's like you live inside of this world that you create. There was even a, a couple articles of, of people meeting inside of The Sims um, and coming into real life and connecting with one another. I'm like, mm, that's interesting. I guess that kind of works, but I'm looking at a space where this is real life. And what's happening here, police officers killing black kids or unarmed black people, that's a real life, real conversation. Mm-hmm. Those white people, like I could talk about our previous generations, we could talk about previous generations of white folks. And we need to be able to assess what actually is going on. Mm-hmm. We want to assess that some people made it their intention to take away any support that African people had in order to build up their own self-efficacy and that identity. Mm-hmm. And that is impacting how we move through the world today. Mm-hmm. And uh, because guess what? If you have a parallel, if you have people of African descent and people who have had a white cultural experience having the same conversation with our two sides of the coin... We know white folks, and we know one they don't like to lose. Like we can just look at their psychosis without being a scientist or nothing, just being an observer in daily everyday living experience. White people don't like to lose. I don't know where they get this idea from that they were the best because, you know, if we tell their true story, we know that that didn't actually happen. That was all contrived. This conversation of whiteness as the winner, as the best, is mm-hmm. entirely contrived because if you could actually race me on a one-on-one, if you can come for me in a one-on-one, then we wouldn't have all this trickery. 
We wouldn't have you diabolically dissecting history books for your students. We wouldn't mm-hmm. have you whitewashing mm-hmm. history. If you could come for me on a one-on-one. Right. If we could shoot the fair one, then you wouldn't have to need you wouldn't need all of the smoke and mirrors. So clearly that's not true. Because that's that's very imperative to the narrative. When it comes to when you look at things like physicality or brute strength mm-hmm. or things like that, for instance, when you talk about competition, um, if you want to do a bat it's a battle of wits, it's a different type of story. Because right. now you're playing the game of controlling the dominant narrative. Which right. Was earlier. He, he, he who controls the dominant narrative controls the landscape of the the existence, right? So if you have if if you have the dominant narrative being in the textbook that 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 children read, or in the media, or on the TV that, that that children or people, you know, no matter what age, are seeing, and it's constant, it's constant, it's repetitious right. imagery around who is the the top, or who is the prime, or who is the superior, mm-hmm. or who is the forefront runner, um, then you're shaping the narrative for everyone to believe. And, and that's something that to be said around, you know, what colonizations look like across a global landscape, not even just the African diaspora, but just people like in Asia, right. and things like that. Concepts of paleness and, and kind of standards of beauty and things like that. And there's, there's molds being broken as, as these days progress, which is cool. There's some headway being made. Some people are waking up and then there's things in the space that are becoming chaotic in a sense. If you see like just, just sporadic, like, it looks like people are missing. It looks like just sporadic killings. People are like more and more mass shootings to take the attention away from what's going on here to like all this diabolical, psychotic shit that's going on. Mm-hmm. Just to like take away from the fact that there's there's something going on here and it's being it's it's essentially a war made out of fear versus any type of actual meaningful right. reason. I don't think there's any meaningful reason for, for war per se. It's just it's, <sighs> It is just selfishness, like selfishness and greed and power, but for greed, what? Power over power whom? for what? For, right. Power over whom for why? Right, right. Um, because you want to think about like, well, well, who, did any of these people ask for this stuff? Right, do do, do do Africans ask for any type of this this type of thing? No, but yeah, you're like you know, Africans tribes and it's like adopted all that type of stuff. Yeah, whatever. But like, I'm talking about like you you're out here brutalizing people for the sake of you you're saying you are the better person in the space, making them do this work for you um, and making them change their landscape of who they see as a savior, who they see as leader, as king, as whatever, queen, whatever you want to call it. This is what's happening to the dominant narrative. To where people believe it and they don't even know why. Have no idea. They follow it and they don't even know why. You know what I mean? And they won't question why. We're just basically like critical thinking has been stumped to where people don't even question why their existence is being shaped this way. And it's just you just accept it. It's like, oh, okay, well, this is it. You know, Jesus is white. This is it. You know, like, it's, it's these insane, things though. That, that's being accepted um, that we that we just know and question. And if, if we begin, if we were to step in a greater space of questioning our existence, not to be like, you know, um, why, why am I here, whatever, but like really like questioning like, well, well, what's going on here that this is, who, how is this so? Who said that this person is in power? Mm-hmm. Who said that these people are in power? Who said that this is the way it should be X, Y, and Z? How do we get to understand it? Because once it doesn't feel right, mm-hmm. one would think you would want to change it. Once you're feeling discomforted, once you're feeling uncomfortable, right. you would want to change, shift your positioning to become comfortable. So why doesn't that happen in the space of you know, systemic oppression with black people are facing these discomforting situations to the point where we become numb to it. And we, ha- we haven't 
shifted in per se on a large scale into position of changing this discomfort. We've changed what comfort looks like. Right. And comfort now <laughs> and comfort that now looks like Yeah. Comfort now that looks like I'm gonna deal with this and focus on other things versus looking at the fact this stuff is still happening to me. Versus the fact that there's still arrows and knives in my back, but I'm gonna just focus somewhere else to avoid the pain. And that now I'm comfortable in this space, so I don't even feel that anymore, even though it still happened. Mm-hmm. So how do but the issue is that it's still happening, right? So what will it take? And this is a question I ask all the time, like what will it take to be like, turn around and be like, hold up. We gonna we gonna stop this right here. You're gonna put those knives down or we're gonna have some problems. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like being like enough is enough with your discomfort. And being comfortable will actually be like being comfortable. You know what I mean? Stay like in the room. Being this is what Dr. Peace. Drew said. Stay in the room. But exactly. Hold your positions, which you said, right? Stay in the room. Hold your position. And and you know what? Stay in the room and be open to a conversation. Right. Um, and I'm gonna tell you something about the belly of the beast. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you something about what's ethical because you know something, America is built on Christian value system. Mm-hmm. We don't like it and we don't have to like it, but that's all well and good. But America itself is based on Roman Catholic, Roman Catholicism and spin off into Christianity. America is based on that after they received their 1776 independence from England, right? So America is based on Christian value systems. All the systems within America was based on that, and then there was the, the decision um, and pushback around church and state being separate um, and not imposing those, but guess what? We still do all kinds of religious things in our spaces, such as swear on the Bible. Right, we created the validity. We didn't even allow people to op- the opportunity to challenge the consciousness by making the Bible the staple in our social landscape. We've been socialized into giving this particular book the reverence that we give it, but then there are lots of pockets within our cultural experience that reject ownership of the Bible and its validity. Okay, but let's look at the America based in Christian values, and the Bible says you're inside of the belly of the beast. Inside the belly of the beast, inside of the fiery flame, and was not burned. Listen, you got to burn out whatever's going into you. It is a metaphor for me. How I applied it to my life was such that I said, you know, I face those circumstances that I don't like. Mm. And in fact, terrified as I may be, I jump in there feet first. Because I need to get past it because my goal is to be better, to do better. So I'm not not trying to hide out from the circumstances. I'm trying to face them. And I'm not a space for... You know, especially I know how detrimental maintaining this foolishness has been for the people of African descent inside of white consciousness. Um, the survival, what would we have any comments coming in over there? No, just just want to check in. Peace to everybody that's coming in. Um, peace, blessings, sister Adjua, brother Carl. I see you. Peace, Thanks blessings. Thanks for, for joining, joining the conversation, please listening in. You have any thoughts, please share them in the chat. We appreciate you. Um, share the video. And then we, we're going to be talking about these, these black family values here. You know, like how are we stepping into the space, how are we changing the landscape of how, you know, how are we stepping in to save ourselves, right? You know what I mean? Because we can't keep looking for everybody else to do that shit. Yeah. Yes, continue. And and how do we um, implement a lifestyle when, mind you, being African in the white culture and consciousness is not acceptable, not, mm-hmm. even, by, not even by black people. Mm-hmm. Black people are offended with you having the audacity to be up in here trying to be black. Because you know you're going to upset these white folks, and they don't want to be upset. You need to stop that foolishness. So I don't want to be in the same space with you. I don't want to be associated with you. I don't want to be having conversations, and that's a problem. So when I say to my people, when I call you out, I'm calling you forward. When I'm saying to you, 
There's the belly of the beast. There goes the fiery flame. Burn it up so you can come out brilliant. Burn it up. Like, face it and deal with it. Like, right. be with it. Because at the end of the day, you're continuing to perpetuate this illusion, exactly. but then you want to be upset about cops shooting black people. You can't have it both ways. Right. You can't have it both ways. Black people would not garner respect around the world until black people respect themselves. Yeah. Period. And that is not a conversation that has to be a knuckling up with white folks. Right. That has nothing to do with that. Right. That has nothing to do with white cultural consciousness. It has nothing to do with white-centered thinking mm-hmm. and a white supremacist system. Right. If we begin to treat each other away, it will affect our behavior. And then by virtue of that, you will teach exactly. everyone else how to interact with you. Exactly. And that's blocking out the, That's blocking out the noise. And that's not a fight. Yeah. That's not a it fight. It really doesn't even have to be that Like, Neo, when I tell you, you won't need to fight. You won't need to dodge mm-hmm. bullets. Mm-hmm. How you standing? Yeah. Where you standing? How you yeah. holding yours? Exactly. Are you on your square? It mm-hmm. don't have to be a struggle and a fight because you know what, brother? This is not your fight. I'm going to be over here doing my thing with my family. Right. We got work to do. Right. And that's a different thing from that, com- that comfort conversation I had a second ago. It's not about getting them knobs in. It's about you dodging that and being on your square. You 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 dodge you dodging that and being on your square, being focused on the fact that what as long as you're focused and you're, and you're honed in on where you get to go in your trajectory, and when I say your, your meaning you as, as well as within of. the space as a part of the entire space of the black, you know, African diasporic landscape. Mm. As long as you're focused in on that and blocking out the noise of it, not not necessarily ignoring it, but blocking it out from being a deterrent from where you get to go, because things are happening and things are always going to happen in the space. And things are always going to be a distraction to keep you and pull you away from your focus. Remember, you're studying. Your final exam yes. that, you, that you get to pass is did like has you reached freedom with your people. So it's it's up to you to keep focusing and and, and keep working and keep keeping on the pathway um, to what that looks like. Because a lot of what we get bombarded with is the symptomatic stuff, the symptomatic stuff, not the system, but the symptoms of the system. So the symptoms yes. of the system is what con- is what's constantly um, we're being hit with that barrage of right. that. But we got to stay focused on the system is actually the problem. The symptoms are down here. The system's up here causing all the problems. So as long as we walk on that walk on that path and we create within ourselves, that that opens up the space to like meet the system head on. Because now we become a force that's just something the system cannot deny and cannot forcibly change or shift or permeate so the way that that's what we we get to create for ourselves and, and for our people when being african being black first above everything else because as the moment something else comes into space that conversation gets pushed down the line of priorities by you and by everyone else because only you are having this conversation only you can have this conversation because that's just the way it's set up. No one else really... No one honestly, else can no I. one else cares. No one else cares as much as you you have to care about the prioritization of black lives and black energy and, and, and black focus and black liberation and freedom within Nobody the space. Nobody No cares. one else cares about that. That's not in the conversation. And who cares? You know, anybody taking time out, you know, and nobody have to take your and nobody have to take your concerns seriously. Do you know why? Because every time you get ready to do something, all they gotta do is send Jay Z or, or, or some other celebrity to go out there and start tap dancing for you and you forget all about your concerns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, 
And see, when white people say that the psychosis, because white folks understand black people clinically, mm-hmm. right? I'm not so sure. There are small pockets and frameworks of people that have an authentic emotional mm-hmm. experience, a, a spiritual connected experience. Not many. The majority, the vast majority of white people understand black people clinically, scientifically, and that's it. And they deal with you from a playbook. They create Ebonics in the workspace, and they let you talk Ebonics, and they let you dress down, because those kinds of things scientifically put pressure on black people. We want to try to make black people comfortable, because we want to try to keep them comfortable enough to continue to be foot soldiers. So we want to make an environment that they, they, they would thrive in. They don't want to feel intimidated. Because, you know, white people's culture and consciousness makes white black people intimidated. This is workplace, workplace culture that's based on the science of white consciousness, okay? So if you're coming into a space and you need to now look at white people's consciousness, and white folks' consciousness is such that they cannot be the authority in telling you what's good for you. They don't have the, they don't have the ability mm. to tell you what's good for you. But yet they're your teachers telling your children what's good for them. What is this? But this is when I say to you that you've accepted a subordinate posture. Mm-hmm. That is indicative. That is an explanation and manifestation of black people accepting, by virtue of their actions, a subordinate posture. Yeah. Because how can someone else be an authority as you, what's happening in your life? Can't nobody tell me what's going on with me. And can't nobody tell me about me because I know me. Right. But you've not done your own research on yourself. You've not studied your climate. And you're looking for a quick salve. So when white people say things like their science says that black people are immature, childlike. Listen to Dr. Joy DeGruz's research. Listen to her speak about her research. I suggest you read her book, Post Traumatic Slave Syndrome. Do it. Do um, it. Please do it. It's America's That's... Journey of Enduring Pain and Listen. Healing. Like, post-traumatic um, slave syndrome is such a phenomenal book um, on understanding this this landscape of um, of post-traumatic slave syndrome. Right, like, and the um, intricacies and of how, it. And looking how we, as black people, as African people, operate within the system. Um, oh, that's nice. She shared it. She shared um, it. You know, it's, it's such a great analysis, that book, and there's anecdotal you know, points or what have you that really convey... What I feel to be very, a very perfect um, synopsis of our, of our human condition mm-hmm. as African people within within this U.S. as Black American experience, right? Um, so please read that uh, and, and and research your work. It's very it's very great. You can um, Google her. You can Google her presentations. <laughs> I mean, you can Google her presentations. Yeah, she has presentations. I, I yeah, shared a sure. link today online of um, one of her presentations. She's wearing a black top, and the screen behind her is blue. It's a little, it might be an older one, maybe when she was at the university because she had the locks. Since then, she's cut her hair off. She's changed her hairstyle. But that video is a very strong presentation of the full landscape of the video. She goes through the slides because sometimes she has the workshop and you don't see the slides. You just see her speaking. But in this particular video, it's a really good one because you can see her talking through her slides. Mm-hmm. Um, and it matches with the research in the book. And the book is not labor intensive. Like you can read the book and understand and comprehend the book. Yeah, you know, it's, I it's not. That. It's yeah. not overly scientific. It's, it's not, not heavily. Jargony. Yeah, it's not <laughs> yeah, it's, heavily. Um, she's speaking to the people where she knows that the people's consciousness is because she right. understands that we're living in a systematic white supremacist consciousness. It is what it is. Um, so, check the book out. You need a landscape. You need a foundation to begin this journey. Mm. Um, and me saying to you, some of our people are ready for the next level. 
But the great majority of us haven't even begun to embark on this quest yet. Yeah. And it's a disservice to ourselves, a disservice to our children. Mm -hmm. And it also has something to do with the way we relate to time. Mm -hmm. You have but one lifetime. White people don't look at things in terms of, not white John and Jane Q public. I'm talking about there's different types of levels of white people because all white is not created equal. There's white people, there's white cultural experience, and there's white skin privilege. Mm. Okay, And there are people who have white skin privilege who use white skin supremacy in order to maintain control of their area because it benefits them. Because right. inside of that conversation is their white privilege. Right. Because they have access to white privilege because they have white skin. But they don't subscribe to being white. Yet they use the mechanism because white skin is a card. Work. It's a card. Yeah. White skin is a card in the matrix. Mm -hmm. It's like you got a deck of 52 cards. And using um, celebrities, using <laughs> tragedy, creating smoke and mirrors, creating disease, um, bombarding weather issues, um, climate circumstances, food insecurity, poverty, labor issues. All these are cards to keep you in a pressure cooker. This is how they do it. Because white folks understand the white top echelon that's the navigating these spaces understand you clinically. And they know how to push your buttons and how to get you moving. They just, all they do is they just throw a little something out there into the space in the mix, boom, and everybody start corralling. It's like, and they send out these, these uh, political leaders to come out here and corral folks. Mm -hmm. That's it. Let's switch them up. And they just keep putting these cards. Now, if you didn't understand that, I don't know what else to say for you. I don't know what else to say for you. That's as simple as it can get. So you need to be able to look at these things. So you see, you should be able to look out into the matrix and say, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Now you should be able to go out there right now, after this conversation, decompress it, and then apply the methodology into your life experience right now with your eyesight. One, two, three, four, five, and be able to count it down. At the workplace. You know, I wanted to talk about um, Sherm guys. Society for Human Resource Management had a yeah, huge work culture. We get back work culture. Let's get back to work culture, guys, because you know we can go on about this here. So let's get back to work culture. It's vital. Jeez. Lessons. Remember, <laughs> uh, Elder X Wayne Gooden says a relevant and vital is necessary conversation. I say it definitely is, brother. I um, say. Yeah, and you know, we just we committed to having it. Yeah, for those that you know, just just tuning in, sound bites. Yeah, we as you see, we're live. We're here. We're starting doing some Monday night action now. We're changing things up for the season. Mondays at nine thirty. We're gonna see how this works out for y'all. We'll see how this you know works out to get the energy going for the week. But we're talking about um you know our value systems as as Black Americans, um and, and how how we're cultivating, prioritizing our, our, our Black American experience, um and what that looks like to save us you know save us quote unquote, um. And put us on the, on the path, so and shift our outlook yeah, and shift exactly. the way things are going for us in this country. Because I'm here exactly. to say to you, if you're gonna stay, mm -hmm. you might as well try to get you a little something. You know, hear something, get something. Your kids, you're gonna leave your generations here behind. And set them up to win, them, and you're gonna have them scrapping and scraping. Set, set your kids win. up to win. Set them up to win. You know, because like I, I we were set up to win. I was saying that white folks, you know, the, the top echelon, they look at life in terms of generations. Mm -hmm. They don't look at time in terms of 40 years, 30 years. Because, you know, at this moment, you might not be able to make major changes in the whole entire landscape in one lifetime. Mm -hmm. That is a system of compiling. Every generation takes a step forward. But you have to know what your agenda is. You don't know what your agenda is. You don't understand the conversation that... The way you think is in a box. You don't even have, most black folks don't even have the capacity. I talk to black people all the time. And I can tell immediately who has a limiting belief. Mm. You think 
inside of a box. But it's a you lot, believe, It's a lot of people. It's the it's majority some, of people, even it, white people. Yeah. White people. Let's use white people because, you know, black folks believe people. white folks' ice is, is colder than black folks' ice. Right. So the, uh, just to say like that limiting belief idea is like it's across the human landscape. Let's across the human landscape. Let's talk about that, our foundation, on top of everything else that's plaguing us as a people. So, but go ahead. Sorry. But that limiting belief piece, you you, you know, you you know, because you know something? If you can't, if you can't consider having options, you can't create resources. Mm-hmm. You can't create options. You can't create a circumstance yeah. if that's for it, yourself. That's it. If that's it, then that's it. And there's a lot of black folks and other, everybody mm-hmm. else that feel like that. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's what it is. And they look at it like that. And that's unfortunate. It is. Because I like to have a lot of information, which is why I read. I chew through books. Because I need more information so that I can create solutions. I need a solution. You know, and people make things happen. People don't make things happen. So with solutions, it requires a collective energy in order to make some of these things happen. And this is where, when they pull them cards out, this is where they keep getting us. We keep talking about community unity, but how do we do community unity? When basic foundation social interactions, we are failing pitifully at basic foundation social interactions. We've we've tr- basic. We've trendyized it. I'm making that a word today. We trendyized a lot Mm-mm. of uh, a lot, a lot of this stuff. Like you know, it becomes like black consciousness is trendy. Black Lives Matter is trendy. Like going to Africa stay, is trendy. Stay, stay woke is trendy. Yeah, like, it's trendy. You know, like you know, wake up people is trendy. Like all this stuff just becomes trendy buzzwords versus anything that's actual tangible action to create a new result. Yes. Based based on what's was current in the landscape. We're not going to have any change in the current landscape unless we actually put into action, put energy into action around these words. And it's just, otherwise, they're just buzzwords. And it's just like, okay, whatever. You know what I mean? And then they become uh, a hot hashtag on Twitter or, or BuzzFeed or, you know, a new blog article that's, like, cute and fab. You know, like, and it's not... This is not the landscape that we're working with. It is a real deal thing that needs results, these actions happening in the right now of our human existence. As the African people in the U.S. landscape having a black American experience every single damn day, that's just like half-assed. It's crazy. <laughs> like, you know, and look, this is just the reality of it. It's the thing. You know. And you want to be clear that you're actually in participation of you. When, when we say you're complicit with your own oppression, mm. this is where it comes from. It comes from the fact that you willfully refuse to accept that you have choices. And if you can't find and access those choices, then make that a quest. Make it a quest. Don't make it a quest to find a better seat than Master's House, because that's what the majority of us do. We just try to find a better seat than Master's House, and then we get caught up blaming the victim. Well, you, something wrong with you. That's why that's happening to you. You ain't right. Something ain't, something happening to you. You ain't wrong. You need to do things differently. Really? Why? Because you have a limiting belief? Because you believe that this is the only framework in which you can function? Because that's all you know? I keep telling my family, listen, you don't need reparations. Yeah, this country owes you, but at the end of the day, you think you're going to get that money? Because you know who got that money? The corporations that benefited. They switched hands. Right after they let you guys out of slavery, they decided to create a task force. Dr. Joy DeGu talks about the KKK task force to keep folks in line because they appreciate you getting all this access, right? And then they, what else did they make? Convict leasing. So they've been creating commerce on the backs of your inadequacies for a very long time mm. to keep you in a box. There's more, more cards. 
more cars to keep you functioning inside of this reality. That was a little bit of my, exactly. That was a little bit of my issue with the African American Museum. Granted, it's the African American Museum, but know that these folks are trying to put bookends on your lifespan. They would like to put bookends on African black person in America. Your life begun at slavery. Still. So that if I can say, oh, you get the medal, you first this, you first that, you did good, you won. Da, 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 da. If I can say all those things, everybody's like, yeah, we did so good. We're well adjusted to our oppression. Right. Because I understand that we're the first X, Y, and Z within a system that wasn't meant for us to win in the first place. Wonderful. So, so kudos to us. And it's not the down. Like, this, you know, at the end of it, like, top surface. It's a way is, to it's, place it's nice. it. It's a but way to place it. You want to dig deeper at looking at where we're the first of in right like where in what house are we the first of we're in the house of this this white supremacist house but we're the first to be xyz athlete doctor xyz when like really like in other in 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 other you know scopes and country in africa and things like that and in times where like you know the 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 brilliance of like ancient mathematics and things like that was already happening and that was a right it was a regular thing and it wasn't like oh you you're the physicist like this stuff was happening already you know what i mean and it's it's great and it's a commonality in other spaces versus being in this u.s space or what have you of feeling you're the first something the first african first black person in the white space to do this the first black something in the white space to do whatever it is the fuck you exactly and does that make you special how do how do you place that in in terms of functionality pay unto caesar that which is caesar's how do you mechanize that for black identity and survival It's a question. How can you mechanize winning accolade or getting access in the white consciousness, white cultural consciousness system? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something to consider. That would be that about. would be the ideal conversation. Um, simply because those are also along with those cards are uh, superiority and classism, which we do to ourselves: colorism, classism. Sexism. All the ism that you can think of shows right up right there in that deck of 52 cards. Mm. And these are human be- human behavioral things, scientific things, that if you had your mechanisms that happened to you before slavery, see, because you actually had a defense mechanism for all of these things. There's a reason why someone else has studied your migration patterns your intellectual capability, your physical capability, your future prospects, mm-hmm. your sociology. As someone who has made it their foundation to understand how to manipulate you. But you don't know anything about these people. Mm-hmm. You know nothing about them. Your affiliation with them is you've accepted such a subordinate posture that even to be their friend makes you feel good. Even to have... Any one of these individuals as a mate or a spouse or a friend or a colleague or someone that, oh, yeah, I got white people as my friends. You know, I be chilling with them all the time. You know, I be hanging down there with no bitch. I'm good. You know, I be lit. You know, we be, we be smoking that good weed. We be, hitting that, we be hitting them pipe back there, you know? Like, if that's your claim to fame, good luck with that. clearly you have accepted a subordinate posture. Because do you feel like that when you have black folks as friends? No. No, you don't. You feel tired. No, you, you feel don't. 
You feel like, oh, you something feel happens up mentally. Like, oh, God, here comes so and so. What they want? Oh, here they go. They want some money. They what want they something. Want? They want but you want, but you're never thinking about the condition that's been that's been put in place to have this be the reality of existence for a lot of people. What they want? Yeah, it can be frustrating, but at the end of the day, also like if we're not having a critical conversation about what has our people in these 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 straits, then we're not in any space to find freedom. We're not in any space to be revolutionary. We're not in any space to be. Um, like you say, be the difference is different because right. we're too busy in the in the judgmental space versus looking at the back portion of what the what's behind what's behind the lens what's behind the layers that has this person operating as they do what's the hand in the puppet's back she said that bandwagon has black is away? what it is huh he's some blessings since I she's right um yeah that was that's I don't know why it's not showing up on this one but it's showing up over here that's just oh that's strange okay Yes, yeah, um, I had to open it up over here. All right, that's fine. We but, see your comments, people. What's, yeah. What was the comment? Yeah, she said bandwagon blackness. I don't know if this came out just now or if it came out from the previous conversation in terms of them corralling us and, and using us as um, to, to, to support to support the, the, the breakdown within our community yeah, my scrolls to help destabilize our, our own community and our own people. Yeah. These are the things that that's the use within the system. And if you are looking into the matrix, you should be able to read the code. You want to tighten up on your site. You should be able to read the code. Mm. Because the things that they continue to do to our people based on series of events, slavery, voting rights was 1965. Allegedly, slavery ended in 1865, 100 years prior. It took 100 years before voting rights. 1865 voting rights. And guess what? We're going to vote white people over here because we are the authority in all this space because we somehow... God, right, God designated that we are better than everybody else on the entire planet, that we should have rule over everybody on the entire planet, mm. and our our stock, who we are as people, our moral fabric, our consciousness is better than everybody on the planet. Mm. Now, if that's not the biggest crock of crap I've ever heard, I don't know what else to say. Because let's look at some, cal- let's do some calculations. Let's, let's pull up some receipts. White people have gone across the planet and disintegrated entire humanity. The Tanzanians are gone. That line of the humanity, humans. the human family, is gone because white people decided that they were going to take those people out. Mm-hmm. Across America, right now we deal with climate change because of our quote-unquote progress, because of the mm-hmm. big buildings that we've created, because of the oil spills that we've created. Family, Africans have been able to power vehicles with ethanol, with corn sugar. It's a non-abrasive substance that would not hurt the environment. Mm-hmm. How much blood do you have? You got eight pints of blood in your body. Mm-hmm. If I keep taking pints of blood out of your body, you will soon fall out. You'll be dead. So how long are we going to be taking oil out of the earth, which might be considered the earth's oil, the earth's blood, mm. while the earth is heating up at the core? Because this lubricant could actually be helping keep the earth warm at a stable temperature where we don't... But I'm not a scientist, Uh-oh. right? I'm not that person. But I'm just saying because I've done research and I have some information. And just basic conversation says that take it... And you know what we've done? We've made oil a business. And we've been digging in the ocean rigs, water rigs. This is what white people have been doing. Mm-hmm. White people have been doing this under the consciousness of progress. Right? We have decided that we're going to put children in cages, take them from their parents. We got borders all over the world. We're going to bomb Hiroshima and Nagasaki. 
because of something that their government did. The regular, everyday, nondescript, no-name, John and JQ public out there in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Those are the people who got the brunt of what America decided to do, drop bombs on these people, using these people as guinea pigs. Because now we're going to be able to use this thing because we got this thing, y'all. We want to try this thing out and see how this thing works. Y'all did a little something over there at Pearl Harbor. So we're going to come and we're going to drop bombs on your whole country. Mm. Like, word? Mm. So the, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. But now those people to this day are still suffering the residuals of that. Right. I'm thinking about the years and years. Listen, white people did this. White people, white, white consciousness has done this. Yeah. Right? All for power of what? For capital, for intimidation? For what is the outcome purpose? It looks to me, based on a human landscape, human beings generally want to work together, want to fall into each other, want to collect. That's the nature of human beings. Mm-hmm. What's up with the consciousness in this particular group of people that don't seem to be able to get along with nobody unless it's for, for unless it's temporary and for my own benefit? Because mm. that's how I've always experienced it. Mm. We see it across life landscape. White folks, kids, white people are raising the same children that go out here and make legislation with the ADA, with the FDA, Food and Drug Administration. They are white people because the higher you get, the whiter you get. So they're white people at areas of our society, of our social functioning that were raised by other white people to create this consciousness. So exactly what makes you better, what makes you ethically better, morally better, responsibly better, when the things and decisions that you are making are harming the Earth's family. So why do I need to just give you props and accolades and sit down up under you? Like, you know what I'm doing? I'm putting my hand up because as far as I'm concerned, I'm better at it than you. Can you say that? Because we just be like, you know, I'm going to step aside and let them folks do that. We're going to a Jay-Z concert. We're going to go stand in line and spend $300 on sneakers that's been already made 15 times already. Because we, 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 we got it together. Like, we're going to tattoo up our faces because we don't have any intention of doing anything of any contribution for our life in order to create an identity for ourselves. We're just going to put mad tattoos all over our faces and walk around like the court jester. Because white people understand you clinically. So when they say that you're uh, childlike and immature, this is the types of things that they're talking about. These are the kinds of decision-making processes that demonstrate to them that clearly you are irresponsible and immature. Because somebody responsible wouldn't do that. Because you know that that's not going to help you in the long run. But this is white people who are out here in the world doing these things. Mm-hmm. We want to understand why have we taken a subordinate posture. If we want to live in a post-racial America, let's look at white folks like regular white folks. Right. Like regular people. And you know something? In a meritocratic space, you got to earn your keep. You don't just black folks give white folks a leg up over black people all the time. And that's what you're supposed to be talking about, about the um, society. For, we're going to get back around. The, the work culture. The work culture, yeah. The work culture. Human resources society. Uh, yeah, we gotta we, we, listen. We can build it out. It's fine. Whatever. We can come back. We always can. But the goal is: um, Are we a part of our own human landscape? Are we a part of creating a new reality for our lives? Do we participate in this process, or have we left the work to white people? And then we have a conversation and a complaint about how they've been running things. So when they run things for their own benefit, when they run things. And make sure they sit their folks up in the highest spaces. Because I had an issue with gentrification. Big issue. I had a big issue with gentrification because black folks need safe communities too. Black folks like nice aesthetic and pretty things to look at. 
But it wasn't until white folks came to Bed-Stuy that suddenly the landscape changed. So it is enculturated into our social systems that we devalue people of color. I remember the slum landlords that let holes run through big mouses and buildings and tenement buildings. I remember the slum landlords. They never got into any problems about it. They never had any problems. And then they decided to burn down Atlantic Avenue and burn out all of those real estate properties over there, leave that community looking like that, and collect those insurance policies, and they moved out. But now they're back. And those burnt-down buildings, some of them are condo buildings where you can't live. Mm. See, so we know Jane Jane Elliott should show back up for this one. Who in here is willing to substitute, the, to take place with, trade places with our African brothers and sisters? See, if you're not willing to do that, then you are aware that there's a problem. Mm-hmm. So let's stop pretending and faking the funk. And I'm clear about it. Right. So I'm not giving nobody nothing unless they earned it. Because they ain't giving me nothing, even though I earned it. And you look at gentrification, 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 all the Jennifers. You look at gentrification, you even, like, look at the, the, the landscape around, um, that whole beautification aspect, like now it's like when, even when black folks in these communities see that, they know it's not for them. They know, they, know. they keep walking right by it. It's like, oh, oh, they the want to go Something's happening, something's happening, there might be white people coming. It's never like, you know, if if, if it came to a space, and I don't even, coming from Brownsville, I've seen like the, the work that's being yes. done within Brownsville, that's being cultivated from within Brownsville, which I think is dope. Um, but knowing the psychosis of the people, it's like, you know, I remember when I was putting on, um, you know, open mics for in, 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 in spaces that we were trying to utilize to help bring something different to the space. Right. And, you know, the people just like, nah, what is this? Nah, I don't know about this. It might be something white people doing, you know, we right. for like, and just looking at it from a landscape of like, this is not for us. Because we did, because of what gent- the idea of gentrification has done for all these years of shaping, um, the landscape of how black people see how they're treated but and, right. and see how others but are the science of this is called learn helplessness learn helplessness breaking esteem breaking esteem and learn helplessness right learn helplessness because I know I ain't used to this stuff mm. this stuff can be for me don't nobody right. value us this ain't for me it must be and for this ain't for else. us this must be for somebody because they ain't never treat us this good no way right they ain't never gave us nothing nice no way mm-hmm. so this can't be for us this and they're not even willing to come in and ask a question right they're not even willing to say, hey, so this is pretty cool. Can I come? Can I see? They don't can think I participate? They can. can I bring the children? I don't think they can. Wow, this is a nice jumpy gym. Can the kids come in and play? The bouncy gym on the, the block party. They just walk right block party. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So, and that's, like I said, you know, when you're ready, you don't have to fight. Mm. You know, and there's people who keep on running around, even in the blackface, because all black is not created equal family. In the blackface, they're coming with their short-sighted, limited beliefs, and they're passing that foolishness on to the family. I'm not talking about getting out here and knuckling up. You might have to protect yourself and your family. Because remember something, right after the Reconstruction, them folks got real mad with the progress Africans was making. They came and burnt down Tulsa, Oklahoma. They burnt down cities all across America. Tulsa, Oklahoma is the one we talk about the most. But there was a small city... Where Tulsa, Oklahoma had X amount of churches, schools, daycare centers, dental dental institutions. They were over there. They were doing everything. They were completely self-sufficient, self-reliant. Mm-hmm. White people did not like that. These are the same people who couldn't read. Mm-hmm. These are the same people that if they got caught reading, they would kill them. Mm-hmm. Lynch you. You might die for that. But you went right after Reconstruction. Right after uh, slavery was... And you know what? They created what? Dr. George talks about vagrancy laws. 
if you're hanging out in the street, where you got to live? Because you still got to eat. So if you got no job, you got no means to make no money because you wasn't getting paid as a slave to work. So where did your savings come? They just said, oh, we're going to free the slave, just kick him out onto the road. Where are you going to be? Right. right? But white folks didn't like the fact that black folks landed on their feet, which we generally do. So you don't, need, it out. you don't need any of them cards. We always figure it out. We're not nearly as helpless as they pretend that we are. Yeah, you don't we, actually no need what. these folks. We, are the, we, we, we push for culture constantly. We created the whole landscape of everything you're seeing right now was all bits and pieces of what was trained and stolen from before your life as a slave. And then pulled and reshaped and then pulled and re- rebranded. Down. Rebranded. Yeah. So where did you your self-efficacy I mean? and self-identity come from? Right. If someone gave it to you, you probably need to go give it back. <laughs> right. Give it back. Except return to sender. Okay. Because that's not benefiting you whatsoever. Anyway, when you think about the thing, like when you said, you were talking about it, the whole idea about, you know, they couldn't read mm-hmm. or they couldn't speak the language. And it's funny to me because... And what looking at the context of it, it's like they couldn't read what they were forced to to read. They couldn't read a language that they were that was forced upon them. So it's like what it like all that stuff was there already, and they were forced into a space to 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 acclimate by 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 torture torturous means to deal with this. Yep. Read this, or you're dumb because you can't read this. No, I can't read it because this is not my language. This is not my tongue. They, so, but they didn't care about that first generation after slavery. Right, right. They worked on the third and fourth generation mm-hmm, after slavery. Mm-hmm. They really didn't care because they was gonna have to break that first. That first. Yeah, you have to. And then, that first then, generation, and then they epigenetic. knew. They knew themselves. And then it becomes epigenetic, and then like now the the that that that, that lineage has no clue about that part. Which is where a lot of people think that our history starts with slavery. They have no clue about that part. Like actually, there was a language. There was everything here that they fought to protect, and. You know, unfortunately, but by virtue of this now, this U.S. landscape, they they lost. You know, it was taken. You know, the language, the 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 reading, the everything was was taken. And now these people that are part of this lineage have, in, in an epigenetic sense, have like been traumatized into a new state of being. That's the learned helplessness. That's the yeah. the, the vacant esteem. The yeah. I'm not good enough. The yeah. I'm dumb as hell. I don't know this. I don't know that. When it's like you weren't meant to and be. And trying to be, trying to find place. a purpose. You know what I mean? Find a purpose in a, stra- a, a stranger, in a, a stranger in a land that, that you created that you have no clue about. Just keep just just keeping it up as a as a way of trying to um, assign yourself some type of vibration. Uh, trying to create some type of meaning and mattering, right. you know, and in that process, we do a lot of things like risk ourselves and our family members. You know, we exploit ourselves. We're willing to, you know, I, I talk oftentimes about Jay Z, who was willing to come into the, you know, he, he talks about he came into the game nine hundred thousand strong. Like he wasn't out here like selling candy. Like this guy was out here selling crack, something that was very debilitating to his community, and he had no qualms about it. Um, and but that proved to the white consciousness that he's just like white consciousness because white consciousness was willing to steal a people. They were willing to legislate that it would be okay to go to a country, steal people with the help of some other brown folks, um, and the lies because trust me, they didn't say you know we're gonna go take these Africans, we're gonna take them over there, they ain't never coming back, and we're gonna beat them senseless. We're going to rip them, rape them, and do everything to them. They didn't say that to the chiefs when they took those Africans. Mm. They didn't say that to them. Right? So they brought them over here to America under false pretenses Mm -hmm. and did everything that they wanted to do to them under the sun. 
Right. So that sat into a white consciousness that that would be okay and while holding the Bible. All of this was happening while holding the Bible, while cleaning your hands, because clearly these people, they don't matter. They don't matter. They're wretches. They're lower than cattle. We're going to brand them because they branded the slaves just like they did the cows. Where does this come from? You're looking at a person that looks just like you. The only thing that's different about them than you is their skin color. But they're a person. So, you know, and the science of that is really to understand where this disconnect comes from. Because we know a lot of white people who tell you that I wasn't a slave owner, my family didn't own slaves. Matter of fact, I migrated to this country, my grandfather got here 20 years ago, or 25 years ago. That's all well and good. But white cultural consciousness and white skin privilege is a part of this American landscape that so many people want access to. And they do a lot of stuff to get access to it. Because they understand their position within the matrix. And they want to be a part of it. They want to participate in this system. So my concern for you is you need to have a real conversation with folks that you know who are having a white cultural experience. An authentic identity conversation within yourself. And also believe you have the power and you are capable and able to do such. And you, and you function and you manifest in that degree. Because as long as you continue to hold a subordinate posture, you will continue to coddle this consciousness of white supremacy within white people. Because they, they have unmerited benefit. They didn't do anything particularly special to garner this accolade or this access or this space. They didn't do anything. They're not more moral. Because let me tell you something. African people, despite all of that they went through, my grandmother was raised in some very moral, moral and ethical young people. Right, it's not black folks that are running out here on a on a regular basis, come home and go kill up the whole family. It's not white folks doing. It's not black folks doing that. It's not black folks that are committing mass murderers all over the country. It's not black folks that's doing that. They're doing proximity killings because they're in a pressure cooker. They're on distress, stress related killings, and survival and poverty related killings. Absolutely, but I'm talking about white folks who are privileged who are in their 20s who are running up in places with automatic weapons and killing innocent people. Because there are white be, people that are doing they'd this. They'd rather be infamous and just, be known for that because that's where you get the headlines. And sometimes that's just the allure, the allure to be the, the quote-unquote the villain. That would rather rather that be the legacy, and if they have to die with that being the legacy, so be it. They don't care. They don't care. But there's also an insatiable desire. There's a taste in there. Mm. There's an epigenetic taste in there. Because if you look at Dr. Joy DeGruz's uh, uh, video on YouTube, when you get a chance, we're going to share the link. I'm going to share that link and that, that link for her, her uh, presentation where I want you guys to see. It'll be in the chat. It will say to you that you're looking at a whole group of upwardly mobile white folks all standing around a body that's burning. And they're, they, they appear to be enjoying themselves. They're going out. They're having a good time. You think they barbecuing a pig. They're getting ready to have a big barbecue. The children, the babies, uncles, everybody suited up, booted up, and they have themselves a good time while they watch a black man cook to a crisp. Burn to death. Alive. Burn alive to death. All the way from his... The way he burned, he must have burned through his entire body to a crisp like he would, like you would burn a freaking turkey. Thick skin. 
Organs inside the body, lungs, kidney, everything inside the body burnt. Charcoal, charbroiled. No, that's something to be said about this consciousness, because you know what? If epigenetic black folk, if black folks based on epigenetics has has implemented a sub um, subordinate posture, then so have white folks stepped into a superior posture, and they also epigenetic thirst for blood, hostility, rage, anger. It's in there somewhere. It didn't just go away. Based on the same science, based on the same science, it didn't go away. Okay, and I've seen white folks with their children. And I've seen children who are extremely uncomfortable who don't even know how to place themselves with black people in the space. That's a conversation. That means that the conversation at home is not happening. Mm. That means that's, I'm talking about the application of this stuff. I'm not talking about textbook. I'm talking about living it because if we don't live it, it won't change. It won't change. Right. I've also seen little black kids and I also know what kind of home a little black kid has when that little child mistreats people because children aren't generally like that. Children are generally sweet. And they have a so so sweet spirit. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And they generally want to be next to you, or they'll play with you. Or if, or, or or if they give you shade, if you're nice and kind to them, they will be nice and kind to you. Right. Okay. So that's a conversation in human behavior for you to really understand where these things are happening and occurring on the ground floor, because life is happening in time, in real time, in real color, and we as a people are the ones who are being a part of that conversation. Not this up here, this top echelon. It's the regular everyday social interactions that we the people are having. And it's happening in our workspaces, um, in our living experiences, within our social context. That's where the real conversations of what's happening with the dynamic between white cultural experience and black identity. And how uncomfortable even black people, not to mention white folks, but even black people are very uncomfortable with having an authentic black conversation because they have to be embarrassed and ashamed of themselves that they never actually did the research. Mm-hmm. But there's no need for shame. No need for shame. Do, no need just, for shame. Just do it. We're in a white culture context. That's, that was the purpose. That's how you were supposed to turn out. It right. worked perfectly. Now, what are you doing now, to Now, what are you doing to Deconstruct it. Because we talk about, we got um, uh, Dr. Gosh, I want to say her name right now. Shaharazad Ali. And she said, oh, well, I'm not mad. We're not mad at each other for getting caught up into the circumstances. What we do get to be ashamed about is not dealing with the circumstances set our people up to win. Right. That's where we're at now. We have had enough experience to know that we need to implement certain actions to set ourselves up to win and believing that we have to deal. Oh, we got to deal with white folks in order for us to get our situation correct. We got we, we to gotta work to make money to get to do something and take money to fund the revolution that actually doesn't because they didn't spend a dime at the, boy, the bus boycotts. Mm. The point was not to spend no money. That was the point. Don't spend your money. But they also had a situation where black folks were able to work for themselves because they were trades. They had trades. See, now you have a lot of skills as Africans that you can't even support your own communities with. So how do you make money other than to exploit them? Because you have been trained within a system of white cultural consciousness that gives you tools to work for a white organization. And those skills don't actually translate into anything for your people and for the benefit of your people. That's also one of those cards. Yes, they fear (sighs) our greatness. This is true. 
you know. Okay. Yeah, they got to feel. They definitely appreciate you coming yeah, through. Blessings. We're about to wrap, but yeah. they definitely fear our uh, greatness. But at the end of the day, it's not even a conversation about them. Like at this point, I'm not even. I'm not here for it. I don't have time to talk. What you can do is, I know you got a problem. I know your folks got problems. Okay. I know y'all got some real problems, and y'all problems is even worse than ours because black folks, we we have a whole sensitivity inside the space. So if we can we, if we can work through our situations where we get to purge it out, we generally are better for it. But white people have the issue with they have to deal with their own superiority consciousness and the illusion that they live within that that makes them better. That in and of itself is going to be difficult to deal with for them to yeah. deal with. But also it's also for them to deal with. And it's for people who have white cultural consciousness, white skin privilege, to deal with that whole consciousness. Because they take part in it, and they've also been exposed to it by virtue of being able to live within that window. It is what it is, family. Blessing Sister Debbie, she commented on, on my personal share. She's saying, when they, when they run things, don't be mad if you ain't doing what you should be doing. It is what it is. You can't be asking you for access. You can't come in my house and rearrange my furniture up in here. Right. I'm just saying. Where you get off? I built this. This my house up in here. You you, build something else. Build something else. So I can burn it down. But they also (laughs) exactly. But that's another conversation. That's another another conversation. So how do we protect those spaces, right? That's what we want. We want to get to. How do we protect those spaces? Because we want to look at like what happened with Tulsa, right? And 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 and, uh, Black Wall Street, but also keeping a good eye on where where it is happening and where it is working. Because there also is a Black Wall Street in Durham happening in the right now. That's taking place. It's happening in Durham, and it's been very quiet, which is beautiful. It's been quiet. And that's the point. Touch it. That's the point, that you got to keep things quiet. But you know something? There have been space in place where black people have tried to build self-efficacy on American soil. Mm -hmm. So that is also, in my opinion, a limiting belief. Mm. It is a limiting belief that you're going to be able to, that you have to create whatever you need to create Mm -hmm. in this American landscape. Mm -hmm. Because they keep tripping us. So you build it up. They come through because I, we was also visiting Seneca Village. We, we was at the Global um, Global Citizens Global Festival. Citizens Festival on Saturday, and that community was a community of African people out there mm, before it was Central Park. Before it was Central Park, I don't know how many people know that. Not that many people surprised. I mean, not to say like I was a yeah, I knew it was since I was ten, but like not that many I've people. Known a good know, long, I've known a that, long, long time ago. I've yeah, enough time. Right. But like, but not many people even know it at all. And there's people that like probably in their fifties and sixties don't even know about that. You know what I mean? It's because like, like, like in the white culture consciousness, white folks are the ones who are disseminating the information. So they they didn't make that a priority to tell everyone that that's information. Why? Because mm-hmm. Central Park is prime real estate. Mm-hmm. Why would they say, well, you know, slave grounds over here? We build on top mm-hmm. of slave people. By the way, there's bones mm-hmm. of, of Africans in this soil here. Enjoy the great lawn. Right. Um, it is what it is, right? right? So since white people are creating the narrative, you're going to have some problems getting some facts and truths and things out of there. Right. So this is why you have to do additional research. You have to. And the great majority of the research, you have to dis- you have to defragment this research, and you got to run it through a spiritual frequency as well. So that's why you stand for the ascending of the African soul and the opening of the African spirit. It's necessary because a lot of the information that they're giving you, when you even some of our scholars have used their references material to create their narratives. Mm-hmm. Although they synthesized them and they, they cross-referenced and they did a lot of that information, which we can appreciate them for that. Mm-hmm. But the great majority of the research, we didn't go, we didn't have first-hand. It's first-hand, primary or secondary research. 
most of our research is secondary research mm-hmm. because we yeah. didn't go get it ourselves. When we talk about archaeology and, and things like that, we're talking about digging down into the dirt and going to be with the tribes because Africa has 54 countries. Right. Not just, this, yeah, Egypt yeah. is not the only place in Africa. Yeah. Ethiopia being allegedly at that time the center of civilization is not it. So we tell you guys, you need a very large landscape of academic disciplines to actually get a full landscape of the African experience in America and diasporic as well. So a lot of times we hear people talking and we realize that their narrative is short-sighted because they're limited in information. And they're also functioning from a limiting belief inside of this American experience when that's not it for the African. The African traveled the world. The African was the first explorer and navigator of these oceans. It is what it is. So getting accolades hung on you and you're first, you're one, you're great, you're this, you're that, America, da 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 it's not really an achievement unless you're using it to support, you know, creating a stronger self-efficacy and identity within yourself and also passing something on to the next generation as how to get out of this situation because you should be trying to get out of bondage, not find a better seat in the master's house. Mm. That was the goal. Like, I don't see why now everybody's mad, comfortable, like, yeah, let me get mine. Let me be chilling and all. Right, whatever. You know, but you're supposed to be trying to figure out, I'm going to retire 25 years and then do what? Yeah, and gonna, then go to Florida and I'm you still gonna, here? I'm just going to take it one Where day you at a time. That don't work. Come on, family, man. We, we, come on, family. <laughs> come on, family. And, it, and it's a challenge. I get it. When it comes to that, looking to like grown folks, sifting man. through everything. Because I find myself challenged with that a lot. Like, I'm like, I'm trying to find an article or find something or something like that's around this conversation. Yeah. And then you look at the link and who's the source. And it's like, the source is not even reliable 100% from a space of actual African knowledge. Mm-mm. Um, <laughs> it's, It just becomes It's different. a lot. But it's definitely a journey that's you unfolding. Know, but you gotta do. But it's it, you. You be remiss to, to to not do it, because you owe yourself that. You owe yourself. You owe your legacy. You owe your history. That you owe your past as much as you owe your future. Yeah. To um to understand these pieces and do the do the due diligence and the research, um that it takes. You know, I mean, you don't have to necessarily become a historian, but like definitely not a historian. But you know, do do the the, the necessary research to make sense of this this landscape. I've done so much, I've unlocked so many doors with just like looking at certain scholars and certain books, like um, God, the Black Man and Truth. Like that was just an eye-opening book for me, mm-hmm. ben, Dr. Ben Ami. Like, you know, like yep. these, these, you you got to do your due diligence around um, unlocking, the, unlocking the doors, breaking the mold, and turning the key, you know. Sister, my sister, my sacred sister out here, practitioner Michelle says, when I took a class on urban planning in law school, they uh, go into depth about redlining stolen land, etc. They know exactly what they are doing, and it's still happening right now for black Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, farmland. And you know, you know, Hasia, you know, he's in in that whole conversation farming. For the past year, I've been within working deep within the food justice movement, just looking at like even just looking at how. Um, farmland and land as a tool of resistance was used by our people. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And for us to, there's been a lot more. There's been a, a growing renaissance of Black people getting back to the land. Um, you know, getting to the root, understanding that within the soil lies our history, lies our culture, lies our strength, lies our sovereignty. Because when you control your food, you control yourself, and you control like how you operate. Because you don't think about the biophysiology of like. What you put in your body right. is what you put out. Is, is what your output is as far as how you move 
through everyday life because it right. controls your your, your 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 neurological pathways. Yes. How are you thinking? How are you moving? How are you seeing? Can you you know see move? Can you process? Your, your process right. And all of those things are a part of it. Your emotional responses and all the exactly. chemical balances. Exactly. You know exactly. everything. Your affection. How how much empathy do you have? How right. much are you getting the proper boosts and levels and and Cognitive you know processing they, like how fast do you process information? You know. How, how all of these pieces are re- re- relative to how you eat, mm-hmm. to whether or not you are feeding your systems, mm-hmm. and then you know phys- physically you can have babies, you can give birth, but what are you giving? You giving birth to your children, and some of our kids today, you look in their faces and they are blank. Mm. Their faces it's is scary. like a blank. It's scary. It's really scary. It's really scary. It's and I'm like I'm in shock to see this, but you know why this is. Because our parents didn't have the proper nutrients that they had. Then they turned around and had children, and their children's systems were at a deficit. And as they grew and matured and continued to eat the wrong foods, you know, we shopping at BJ's. We're creating, like, if you shop at BJ's, hun, 95% of what's going to be in your shopping cart is going to be something out of a box or a can or a bag. Process. So, which means chemical, 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 chemical. And what is what plagues us the most in all of our black communities, and when you want to call quote unquote low income communities and things like that, is like with like with high blood pressure, diabetes, all these things that are attributed to the things that we eat, and then we eat them in excess, and all we're doing is continuing to deteriorate our our biophysical makeup. It's like we're deteriorating. That's when we get into our 50s and 60s and 70s, and we're you know, we're, we're bent over, we're, we're out of shape, you know, we're we're not at our top physical form. Versus where we're in the spaces where we understand the foods that we eat and the sustenance in in, in healthy, organic, nutritious um, uh, foods and things that we eat. You see the 70s, 80s olds that are like bodybuilders and like you know doing the things because of what they're eating. And also those that are battling the cancers and the things like that, what they're eating is changing. What they, they becomes their diet yeah, is changing makeup. How, their makeup, and this cancers being getting being you know destroyed. I'm you want to talk about cancer? Cancer and all these diseases get destroyed by what is it's just as simple as what we're eating. And they want to tell you that. That's they don't want to tell you pump, that. That's why they want to pump cereals and all this other crap into your face because they don't want you to know that. Literally, it's just as simple as it's what you're eating. And how, a, and how raw it is. I'm not talking about you necessarily have to go and just bite out a head of cabbage. But, like, it's really just really being Try to eat as much raw food as you can. As much as you can. Try to eat as much. It's electrifying. It's, like, it's it, it, it builds up the alkaline. And, like, it, it strengthens your your body and your immune system. And, and your and, thinking. You need to be able to and think. And can undo a lot. If you leave the body to do what it does, it heals itself. Right. Leave the body to its natural devices. It will heal itself. It may not be some fast process. We're not talking right. about Wolverine out here, but we're talking about like but the your body will heal it runs, itself. It goes through systems. Every 28 days, Yeah. your body goes through systems. Your your your, your cells rejuvenate over yeah, every so exactly. often. Like you literally have, uh, a re- your body remakes itself. No different than a starfish. So if so, you gotta put the right things in your body. You gotta put the slowing, right chemicals you're in your body. Slowing down the process, and that's what we're doing. And I, I wouldn't, I would, I'm gonna even put in something out that they keep talking about. Oh, you guys are so wrong for talking about vaccinations. Let me explain something to you about vaccinations. This is why you need a landscape of information. Mm. White people need vaccinations. Black folks, you don't need vaccinations. You never did. Yeah. You never did. Um, but 
white folks have a scientifically compromised immune system mm-hmm. due to their historical line and the different types of diseases that they had coming through their evolution of time. So you want to be careful because every time they say, also they say, you need to drink milk. Black folks, you don't, you are lactose intolerant. No. Your diet, you don't need to drink milk, no. right? You can get your, milk, you can no. get vitamin D from okra or kale. Like you don't have to eat, drink cow's milk. White folks drink cow's milk. White folks have always had pretty much a carnivorous lifestyle through the, their evolutionary landscape. You want to understand some of this consciousness because these things are part of the reason why we are breaking down. Effed up. We jacked up. And guess what? If it ever came down to a time to fight, how you gonna fight? You too lethargic on this. How you gonna fight? What you gonna do other than create confusion? Somebody got to put you down because you in the way. Eh. Like take a nap right quick. Cause it's cause it done got thick out here on these on these mean streets. I mean, I'm just saying. You know, everybody want to talk about the conversation about Armageddon and you know whatever, whatever. But but such is life. In our daily functional walk, there are things that we can do to enhance our abilities mm-hmm. and ourselves. First of all, I mean, we haven't had TV in our house for years. TV was a done deal when my son got up a certain age because I didn't want that foolishness programming my child. Mm-hmm. And I understood that TV, even though even though some of those sitcoms, I don't want my son get his values from TV. I'll give him my, his values. Grown people. You guys are having relationships based on television. Stop watching TV. Stop watching TV. Use that time to read books. Use that time to fortify yourself. Watch YouTube videos about intelligent things. Go learn a new skill. Go join a club of being around human beings. I'm no, I understand adults who don't know how to interact with one another. It's that's a growing. It's so incredible to me right now. Again, it affects the youth. They're not having proper not conversation. Not just the youth, but the grown other. people. No, I know, I, I'm saying, but it's also, I'm just saying back to that, it's also the youth as well, but like grown people don't know how to have conversations anymore. It's crazy. Like, it's, it's really wild. You and they get, I mean? they get their feelings in a person like me coming around who's talkative and engaging and they don't know how to, they don't know how to behave. They, they're getting their feelings. Like, it's, 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 it's a weird thing because they're uncomfortable because I'm causing them to have to engage. And, you know, whatever. I, I you know, I, cause I understand the psychosis behind it, but it's not helpful. Cause we need to get things done. People make things happen and people don't make things happen. It's how involved are you with creating results? What are you, is your life impact? Who is your life impacting? By virtue of being your life is impacting someone. Are you impacting them well? Or are you impacting them bad? Right. How, the workplace conversations, we're going to get back into that next week. But we're going to talk about whether or not our behaviors are impacting people in a good way or a bad way on the ground floor in our lives, family. We're going to get to it. You know what I mean? But like, we're going to get to it. You got to be human first before you get to the workplace. Right. So before you go to work. So that's what this was about. We're going to get to it. This whole human conversation, man. We out here trying to be people. Believe, trust and believe it is definitely a, 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 good, a great part of the conversation. So we can pick that up next week. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> the workplace yeah, conversation because it's imperative. We got a little um, housekeeping. So we got launching tomorrow. Um. Okay. So, yeah. So just a few things. So we got a few things right. launching tomorrow on the, on the music and the, on the apparel tip. Right. So officially... We're gonna have the Heska Wear. Woo-hoo. That's right. Merch line. We'll be, we'll be dropping. 
now this is internal if you for those that know I do music on the Monica Path P. Um, it's it's in it's in tandem with with what the the, you know, the the display what the music is about the messaging it permeates into the merchandise which will be you know clothing fit for for, for our diasporic peoples for all our peoples having a conversation yeah. around what it means to connect to our divine soul having a, a, a divine conversation with our great I am um, how does uh, that translate into the, into the clothes you wear the messages we put forth and how we how we position ourselves in our everyday landscape that's right. so trust and believe there's gonna be some, so a, 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 a well-oiled starting lineup of, of clothes available tomorrow um, October 1st to kick off October to kick off the season um, so Maybe those links will be shared on sound bites links will be shared on the path P page um, and all over our pages so to so look out for that and and, and, and let's get ingrained in the culture, y'all. So that'll be dropping um, tomorrow. Heskaware.com. Heska. Heska. Heska Music Entertainment is also here. Tomorrow, the official drop. Um, cultivating that same energy around the music, around getting artists cultivated in, in a different space around mm -hmm. their branding, their look, their, their, how their identity, and how they create a quality experience of music. Um, and, and storytelling for the people that are consuming it. So that's what we right. need to bring to you. That's what we're, we're cultivating here. Um, sound bites or the path P on the, all these things that we're doing for, for the people. And this is just how we want to engage with the people, y'all. So look out for heskamusic.com. Look out for the Heskaware dropping tomorrow. We'll be sharing the links on these pages. Yeah. So. Peace and blessings, family. We appreciate y'all. Anything else you want to say? We appreciate y'all for coming in. Um, Libra season is upon us. So that's pretty much it. We just, yeah. we're here with you. Listen, we everyday folks. I'm your actionable person. Your after, ac actionable, implementable, and strategic planner. Okay, to get it put down so you can create immediate results, specifically supporting your African self-identity and your African self-efficacy. Yes, so this indeed. is T. I'm Neferatu Matira, your minister of learning and development. We got to reshape behaviors and habits in order to reshape our current landscape. Now break it down. To Check me out on Keys to Soar. K-E-Y-S, the number two, S-O-A-R.com. Peace and blessings. Blessings, y'all. So we're going to get up out of here. Soundbites to National Radio. Join us next week um, here, Monday, 9.30 uh, we appreciate everybody for coming through to the chat, um, coming through to the viewers. Shout out to Sister Damaris, our brother Naeem, yes. brother Carl, Regina, Blessings Queen, uh, Ajua. Thank you, Tanya, for joining in. For for your people, I can't. I don't know oh, why this gosh. thing is not showing it's me so on weird my it's thing. Not showing up. So, Sister Practitioner Michelle, peace and blessings. Thank you, Ruthie Boy. Thank you for coming through. Yes. Um, uh, the the King the Elder X, uh, Wayne yes. Gooden. Thank you for joining us. Um, keep dropping them projects, brother. Keep we got them you. Projects. Everybody that joined us, you know, you know, and, and, you know and please your share piece the link. Or please keep the conversation it, going. Share the, share the link. Share the conversation. Keep the conversation going. Um, that's what we're here for, right? To have the conversation going. Because when the stories die, that's when we. That's when the legacy dies. So we keep to tell the story. And that's just it. Peace. I share y'all blessings. blessings and one love. This is Soundbites the National Radio. We're gonna get out to some. What you wanna hear? We're gonna we're gonna step out to what? Step in, step in, step in, no. Not to that. <laughs> You're crazy. But um, we gonna step up out of here. Let's do some. Um, Let's go out with something fly, man. Go out with something fly. Turn no it weapon. up. Yeah. My 
elemental soul is plentiful Can't ever knock me off my pedestal I put the pedal to the metal, fool Just to break the cycles detrimental to my better views I'm talking elevation Higher, higher till I'm deaf in constellation Frequent flyer all on Milky Ways Cosmic rays till I'm fantastic Crafting classic Leaving you breathless as an asthmatic Yeah, it's hard work for your mind, home. It's hard work to be divine alone A God's worth can be defined by thrones My genes are commodity I modestly deny the clone Anywhere I touch souls Where I find my home Not a rolling stone I just know my zone Cheesing for the bigger picture On my provolone Marching to the beat Reverberating in me Just spread your 